To follow in Jesus' footsteps is not to literally put our feet where his feet were, but to put our hearts where his heart was, to think with his mindset, to live in constant awareness of God's presence, to love like he did. This is the Bible Speaks to You podcast, episode 211. Today we're talking about what to do when someone disagrees with you on how to follow Jesus. You're listening to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to The Bible Speaks to You podcast. I am so grateful that you've tuned in to listen. Today we're going to talk about what to do when someone disagrees with the way that you follow Jesus. Now, Jesus said something quite simple to anyone who would listen and to some who didn't. This is in Matthew 4.19, as well as many other places in the New Testament. He said simply, Come, follow me. He said that to Peter and Andrew, James and John. He said that to tax collectors. He said it to lots of different people. And that seems like a pretty simple and straightforward request, doesn't it? Follow me. He also said, and this is in Luke 9.23, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Does that mean we're supposed to be fanatic groupies that follow Jesus blindly without really thinking about or taking to heart how he tells us to think and live? I don't think so. If we're supposed to follow in his footsteps, does that mean we have to go to the Holy Land and walk in all the places Jesus walked? Now, I must say, I've met people who have been to Jerusalem and other places where Jesus went, and they've been very inspired by their time there, but that's not really what Jesus is asking us to do. He wants us to follow his example. To follow in Jesus' footsteps is not to literally put our feet where his feet were, but to put our hearts where his heart was, to think with his mindset to live in constant awareness of God's presence, to love like he did. Paul sums it up in his letter to the Philippians. This is Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And interestingly, the New International Version actually uses the word mindset here. It says, that we should have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. 
Following Jesus is about how we live, how we pray, how we treat others, and it's about understanding the true nature of God and our relationship to Him. Basically, as I said, it's about how we love. And that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Who could argue with that? Well, you'd be surprised. Here you are, following Jesus the best way you know how, based on what you've read in the Bible, trying to love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself, forgiving your enemies and praying for them, trying not to be judgmental, being a peacemaker, and things like that that Jesus told us to do. And then someone comes along and not only tells you you're doing it wrong, but that you are an abomination to God and will go to hell. And all this from someone who thinks of themselves as a Christian. They have a very specific definition of what it means to be a Christian, and they base it more on their doctrines than whether you obey Jesus or not. If this weren't so serious at times, it would almost be amusing because Jesus said if we want to be his disciples, we have to follow his example, live our lives the way he did, and obey him. And Jesus got right to the point of this when he said in John fourteen fifteen, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, some translations make it sound like this is a command to obey his commandments but it's actually a statement of fact. It's an if-then clause. If you actually love Jesus, then the natural result will be that you'll be obedient to what he asks you to do. So to me, it's kind of odd that some people define being a follower of Jesus based on theology instead of what Jesus said about obeying him and following his example. But this happens all too often. And not just in recent times, it's been going on for centuries. I was reading just the other day about some big theological dispute in the 3rd and 4th centuries of the Christian era. The disagreement was totally about doctrine. There was violent and hateful language used on both sides, lashing out, each condemning the other and accusing them of not being a true Christian. And as I said, it was all based on what they believed not on what it meant to live your life like Jesus did. It was really obvious that neither side was acting very Christ-like. Just think about this one verse from Matthew 5.44. Jesus says, But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. The people embroiled in this debate were doing the exact opposite, basically sending to hell those who disagreed with them. They weren't praying for their enemies. They weren't loving their enemies. They were condemning them. And this has continued down the centuries when people who, to whatever degree, claim they believe in Jesus, condemn those who believe in Jesus differently than they do. Has this ever happened to you? Has someone ever condemned you because you have a different theology than they do, but you're both supposedly trying to follow Jesus? Or have you ever treated anyone else this way when you thought they were wrong in the way they followed Jesus? Well, you're not alone. Unfortunately, this happens way too often. Back when I was in high school, 
a longtime friend basically assured me that I'd be going to hell because I did not agree with her on some theological point, which to me was a man-made doctrine promoted within the church for centuries, but not really original to the teachings of Jesus. To her, it was one of the pillars of her faith. At least she approached me in a loving way, as a friend. She was trying to help me see the error of my ways, as she saw it. She loved me and was genuinely concerned that I would be going to hell. Basically, her condemnation came because I was not following Jesus the exact way she was, and I was about to join a different church from the one we had both grown up in. And then about 10 years ago, before I had this podcast, I already had a blog called The Bible Speaks to You, and someone responded to a particular blog post I made that challenged a traditional interpretation of 1 Corinthians 6.19, which says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Now, I'll include a link to that blog post. It was called, Your Physical Body is Not the Temple of the Holy Ghost. And I actually turned that into a podcast episode, which was episode 33, and I'll have the link to that as well. The blog post I'm referring to has received more comments than almost anything else I've written. There are some people that heartily disagree, but in a very civil and Christian way. And if you want to read those comments, you can. Others have appreciated a new way to look at the original meaning of the text. And as a disclaimer, just let me say, I might not be right on this point. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I've never seen anyone else make this same linguistic observation and how it uncovers the original meaning of what Paul is teaching. Well, anyway, several years ago, someone tore into me with poison and hate because of what I wrote in this post that disagreed with what he believed to be the only right way to interpret it. The funny thing was, it was obvious from his comments that he really didn't even grasp the point I was making. He didn't follow what I was saying. But because I wasn't following in the path exactly the way he was, he felt totally justified to condemn me to hell many times over. Well, I guess I've made a little progress spiritually because when my friend from high school sent me to hell all those years ago, I was really incensed. Who made her a judge over me? But with the person commenting on my blog several years ago, I wasn't offended in the slightest. By the way, I did not let his response appear in the comment section because it really went against the tone of my website, which is to explore the Bible and learn together even if we don't agree on every little detail. So, yeah, I'm being a bit judgmental of him because I judged him to be too full of hate, but I'm not sending him to hell. Actually, I feel a lot of compassion for him. He's probably just repeating what someone else taught him, but I don't really know. What I've realized more recently, when having one of those theological discussions where you don't agree with someone who thinks they are right and you're wrong, is that some people have more faith in their theology than they do in God. They will follow their doctrines more carefully than they follow Christ. And it never really does much good to debate with people about theology. 
it just entrenches both sides in their own perspectives. But what if we actually listened to each other to try to understand where the other person was coming from? It doesn't mean you necessarily end up agreeing on everything, but you might understand why someone believes what they do. And it's always right to treat people you disagree with in a Christ-like way. I often like to ask someone who has just stated unequivocally some doctrine they think is essential to their faith and that I disagree with, how does that doctrine help you love your neighbor as yourself? How does it help you forgive someone? How does that help you be a peacemaker? I try to steer the conversation back to what it means to actually do what Jesus wants us to. Now, don't get me wrong. I enjoy a good theological conversation sometimes, but not a debate. But I'm more interested in finding out how someone is obeying Christ in their daily lives. That's one reason I have interviewed guests here on the Bible Speaks to You podcast that I don't agree with on every point of theology, but they have something valuable to share about how to follow Jesus and how to be more like him. And by the way, we can learn a lot from people we disagree with. All that said, there are still way too many people who call themselves Christians but act as if it is their God-ordained duty to condemn to hell everyone who disagrees with them. Even two of Jesus' closest disciples sometimes responded with this tendency to condemn those who didn't follow or treat Jesus the way they thought they should. One time John said to Jesus, this is Luke 9, 49 and 50, Master, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he is not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. Jesus could see that this fellow who was casting out demons in his, Jesus' name, was in effect following Jesus as well, but just in a different way from the apostles. The self-appointed Jesus police of today need to drink in the spirit of Jesus' rebuke to John's attitude instead of being so self-righteous and condemnatory of anyone doing something they don't agree with. God is the ultimate judge of each of us. We have to answer to him and not any person on earth. But even John did not learn the lesson right away. Not too long after the incident I just mentioned, Jesus was heading to Jerusalem and sent someone ahead to prepare a place for him in a Samaritan village. But the Samaritans didn't want him to come there. James and John were incensed. Full of bravado, they implored Jesus, this is Luke 9, 54, Lord, Do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? They probably thought that would impress Jesus. They were coming to his defense and rebuking those who didn't agree with how wonderful he was. But Jesus once again rebuked this human tendency to condemn anyone you disagree with. In dismay, he said, this is Luke 9, 55 and 56, He turned to them and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. 
For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Let this sink in a minute. Two of Jesus' closest, most loved and trusted followers needed to be rebuked for their overzealous condemnation of those who were not following or accepting Jesus the way they thought was right. This still happens today with those who think they are very close to Jesus. And Jesus' simple solution to the need at hand was simply to go somewhere else where he would be welcome. Sometimes we just need to remove ourselves from the controversy and take the next practical, common-sense step. Now, I will be the first to admit that I don't agree with the way all Christians preach or share the gospel or the things they believe or the way they live their lives. But I will never condemn them for it. God sees what's in their hearts, and he'll be their first and ultimate judge. If they're doing something wrong, God will open their eyes sooner or later, and I pray he'll open my eyes if I'm doing something quote-unquote wrong, because I want to live a more Christ-like life each day. So, coming back to the question, have you ever been condemned by others who disagree with the way you follow Jesus? Now, this may sound odd, but don't take it so personally. It says more about them than it does you. Now, there's no doubt we can all do a better job of following Jesus, but you are not trying to please or appease a person. You answer to God alone. And this next question is just as important. Have you ever condemned someone because they didn't see and follow Jesus exactly the way you do? If so, Jesus rebukes your approach. Maybe you're right. Maybe they are doing it wrong, but it's not within your authority to send someone to hell. If you believe they're following Jesus incorrectly, pray for the opportunity to help them in a loving way to see the light more clearly. And while you're at it, pray to follow Jesus more closely yourself and see the light more clearly yourself. There's a great example of how we should respond to something like this in the book of Acts. A Jew named Apollos was preaching the scriptures and telling of the baptism of John. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they didn't condemn him, but they took him aside and told him about Jesus. They ministered to him. The result was that Apollos ended up accepting Jesus and showing through the scriptures that he was indeed the Christ. You can read this story in Acts 18, 24-28. This is the model we need to follow. Jesus warned his disciples, and this is in John 16, 2 and 3, that religious authorities will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father or me. Now, Jesus warned his disciples that this kind of behavior would happen. He didn't want them to be surprised when it did. And remember what he said in the Sermon on the Mount. This is Matthew 5, 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. As I said, Jesus didn't want us to be surprised when this sort of thing happens. And perhaps it's a sign that you are following Jesus more closely than those who condemn you. It's so important to continue to search the scriptures and pray for guidance. Be true to what God has revealed to you. Be true to the deep spiritual message of the Bible and not just its surface literal meaning or what people say you have to believe. And if you're one of those folks who thinks you're doing it right and someone else is totally wrong, be a little more compassionate. Maybe the real question we need to ask is, why should we follow Jesus? For me, I follow him some days better than others because he's the Son of God, the Messiah, who came to show us the way of life. He's given us the promise of eternal life by overcoming sickness and sin, disease and death. Christ has opened my eyes to see that the kingdom of heaven is at hand and not just way off in the future, and that God is always present to help us. The more I follow Jesus, the more my life is transformed in a very positive way. And I would love to know what it means to you to follow Jesus and why you do. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you're new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, a special welcome. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and you're all set and you'll get an email every week with each new episode. And when you sign up, I'll send you a prayer guide I put together called Praying with the Mindset of Jesus. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be in contact, I'd love to hear from you. Again, go to the website and click on the contact tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form and I'll be in touch. I look forward to hearing from you. If you'd like to read a transcript of today's episode or study the Bible quotations I've mentioned, you can find those on the show notes for today's episode on the website. Go to thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 211. This is episode 211. If you're listening on a podcast app, I'll have that link to the show notes in the description. I want to thank you so much for all the ways you have been supportive of this podcast. I am so grateful. That's it for this week. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week. Take care, and we'll see you next time. God bless.